This is the Trivium Dad Podcast. My name is Nick, and welcome. Dearest listeners, I'm here to ask for your support, not your financial support. It would be great if you could donate. It would help support the Trivium Dad podcast and Upward Enrichment Service. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, then leave a review because it will help other people find the show. And two, tell a friend about the show. Or better yet, tell a whole bunch of friends. Thank you. This program may contain strong languages and topics that might not be suitable for all listeners. There's a lot going on in New York currently, and it made me start to think, do people still want to live in New York? I lived in New York my entire life. I have a personal bias. It's a great place to be. Just a lively atmosphere of culture from Broadway or Times Square, Lincoln Center. During Christmas time, you could take your children to Rockefeller Center and see the Christmas tree, watch people ice skate, go to St. Patrick's Cathedral, and just walk down Fifth Avenue. So it's, it's a beautiful place, especially during Christmas. And you have a lot of great places to eat. There's just a, so many people. It's just a great energy, and I don't think any other city could replicate it. New York is extremely diverse when it comes to nationalities, ethnicities, and it is pretty much represents all parts of the world. New York, it gives you an attitude. It gives you this type of personality that nothing really bothers you. You have like a tough skin. And, you know, a stereotype of New Yorkers are that we're not nice people. That's far from the case. We just have a persona of how to ignore the white noise that is happening all around us. For instance, you know, I take the subway and you see all types of activities if you take mass transit from people performing, doing acrobatic leaps off of the poles or people break dancing or people giving the Sunday homily playing instruments. We just know how to behave and act. Nothing really catches our attention anymore. And we don't let people bully us and we know how to stand up for ourselves. New York is great. It's the economic capital of the world, which houses wall street and the national reserve as the centerpiece. It's a place that if you want to find a job and you want to make money, start a small business, New York, it's where it's at. If you want to make money, you probably want to be in New York. Just like people that want to make a living in technology, want to be in Silicon Valley. But New York, we've been pretty resilient. We have a history of being resilient. I'm going to give you four major crises that happened in the last, I would say, 50 years, starting with the 1970 
financial crisis. New York, you know, they were experiencing a severe cash shortage in 1975. And without help, uh, that's federal assistance, the city would not be able to cover its bills much longer. Throughout the rest of the year, New York flirted with defaults on its massive loans, scrambling to patch together one plan after another, each intended to save the city from declaring bankruptcy whilst cutting back on the social and municipal services it provided. New York made an arrangement with the bank and the unions to keep it out of bankruptcy. The cost was serious budget cuts. Over the next three years, from 1975 to 1978, the number of police officers and teachers each dropped by 6,000 people, and the number of firefighters by 2,500. Transit fares uh, increased, and tuition was imposed for the first time at the City University of New York. Blame was they were putting the blame on the public sector employees that were just gaming and milking the system and just collecting their paychecks but not earning it, and the vilification of the poor who used government services like Medicare and food stamps, which you know people deemed as a luxury if you may not be familiar. During the second one is during 9/11. The harrowing loss of 3,000 New Yorkers due to terrorism. And that created fear. It created a spiral of job losses. Nobody wanted to come to New York, so we lacked in tourism. And the stock market just crashed. The fear was always being amplified in the media. And it was color-coordinated. You knew what the threat level was. Every day, you were scared to take the subway or go see a Met or Yankee game. And racism increased. So if you were Muslim or if you were Sikh, there there were hate crimes. And you were being stereotyped, you know, the mosque or any anywhere where it had a high volume of Islamic shops or stores you know there were it was it was difficult to be moving around in new york for the last i would say during that five-year stretch and then almost a couple years later you had the great recession of 2008 when the housing bubble collapsed due to subprime mortgage crisis This was where it was too big to fail for the banks and the hedge funds and the insurance firms, which found themselves holding worthless investments. Lehman Brothers declared bankruptcy. Unemployment levels reached 10% and the banks were bailed out eventually with $700 million. But people were suffering, especially... I lived in Queens and almost every block you would see at least 10 houses up for sale. People couldn't pay for their houses. If you had the capital 
because you couldn't borrow money at that time. I remember receiving before that all these kind of credit card solicitations open up this discovery card or this Citibank card after 2008. Even to this day, I haven't received any of those solicitations. When you when you think about it, the the Great Recession, a lot of people had to walk out of their houses. They just left the keys. And they're probably still recovering off of that. And if you if you had the capital, if you had the money and you could afford to pick up houses, you could have got a house or two very cheap. I remember in Florida when I was visiting a family, there were houses going for, if it was a $200,000 house, you could have got it for 40000 So if you were rich, you could have definitely pick up a couple of houses during that time. And people did. And now they're renting them out. So some people took advantage of the opportunity or if that was buying stock when they were really cheap and now they're at um, a certain level, people, people made a lot of money, but people also lost out. And now you have COVID-19, which is crippling our societal norms of commuting to work, taking our children to school, you know, going out and enjoying the nightlife, you know, just hanging out with our families, going to barbecues in the summer. We're all now stuck at home, isolating ourselves, wearing a mask that's hurting our ears and making it hard to breathe and social distancing. What people are realizing is, do we really need to go to work? I know for what I do, I'm not missing work one bit. Sometimes I miss having a printer, but other than that, we're fully able through Zoom, uh, through WebEx to meet and discuss strategies and to execute plans and to talk to clients. It just seems that, do you really need a physical space? That's what, you know, people are ascertaining and determining, should I pick up a lease The history of tough times in New York City. The city is resilient and always bounced back. With COVID-19 and even before COVID-19, New Yorkers were contemplating leaving the city. It's very expensive to live in New York City. People are paying rent and you live in very small spaces. So you could be paying $1,700 and you're living in a one-bedroom apartment. And you're dealing with congestion, traffic, a high density of people in a short square mile. And just mass transit, just people blowing the horn, road rage. It's just all of this kind of noise that you kind of know how to tune out, but eventually how much can you take? Now coupled with COVID-19 and eliminating all of the highlights of New York, going out, meeting people, going, 
going to bars or clubs, uh, going to restaurants and eating great food, socializing and just enjoying life. If it's going to Broadway or going to take in a movie or the culture of going to an art gallery or a museum, all of that is non-existent. And people are like, especially now with the debacle of how the mayor and the DOE chancellor has botched the school reopening, people, people are really questioning, do I really need to live in New York City? And people are leaving. They're going to Florida or they're going to the suburbs in New York and Georgia really because of low taxes, because we pay, you know, 8% uh, New York state tax. And then we pay a city tax of 5%. So our personal income tax, we get hit hard. If you own property, property tax is through the roof. So it's really a high cost of living. And why not go to Florida and Georgia? And even right now, it's so difficult to book a moving company. It's a three-week wait, especially in the city where people are just leaving. And the net migration of the summer people moving in and out of the city is in the favor of a heavy outflow of New Yorkers to other states. Within 2018 to 2019, this is before the pandemic, close to 200,000 people have left New York. And international migration of people coming into New York has slowed down. Everything now is just a virtual world. And does it really matter where you live? You know, just recently I saw a story of New York taxi drivers blocking the Brooklyn Bridge because they couldn't pay for their medallion. And a medallion is really just the permission or a permit to drive a taxi, and it costs you at minimum $300,000 to own that medallion. The taxi drivers are like, hey, I can't pick up people. Nobody's going anywhere. People are not crossing bridges. There's no tolls. People are not leaving their houses. They can't make the fares. And they're in competition with Uber and Lyft. So if people are not coming through JFK or LaGuardia, there's no money to be made. And if you owe uh, $2,600 a month on your medallion each month, you know, they need they need some relief. And that's what is pretty much the epitome of what's happening. It's hard to make money, but yet the high cost of living does not go away. I want to play a video from the hill of New York City, uh, which they state is turning into a shell of its former self after the coronavirus crisis. New York City five years from now, with streets full of abandoned storefronts, 
closed eateries, and empty buildings. The cumulative effects of the coronavirus may be more overwhelming than the other challenges New York City has had to face during the past two generations, including the aftermath of 9-11. It is likely that the pandemic will simply accelerate the trend in the sharp decline of its population and livelihoods. Tate continues, quote, New York City was already losing population before the outbreak due to economic factors and quality of life issues. Around 40,000 residents left between 2017 and 2018 alone. The coronavirus has fueled the population outflow. About 420,000 residents have fled New York City in the last few months. The crime rate is up. What the hell? Prisoners, criminals are being released in the street. What the hell? Street violence is up. What the hell? There is less police on the streets, or the police doesn't care. With the increase of crime, with police officers not around, it is becoming a place where the increase of homelessness and street violence is making the cost-benefit analysis easy for people. They're saying, hey, I don't want to be here. There are people where they they just can't uproot their lives and they have no choice other to stay in New York. And then you got the businesses where they're not able to bring in revenues and a lot of businesses are going bankrupt. And a lot of places are, a lot of buildings are empty. People are unable to pay their bills and rent. So if you're a landlord and you're not receiving any inquiries for an office lease, then, you know, everybody's suffering. And remote working is illustrating that you don't need to lease an office space Guess what? Businesses are not renewing their leases. They're realizing that people can work from home. People are happier working from home. They don't have to do the commute. They're not missing uh, much from being in the office. You don't have to fly to another state to meet with somebody because you could just do it on a video platform. You're saving money not only on the lease, but on utilities, printing costs, Everything is becoming in an electronic format. And as a result, what what people are saying is, I'm gone, I'm out, I'm done with this. And they're going to places like Florida, North Carolina, and Georgia. And those states now are getting the talents of New York in mass quantities. So if you're a talented business owner or a chef, artists, musicians, architect, whatever your profession is, you're leaving now and you're going to these cities. And these places are now becoming quasi New York. Or let's just say little New York. And they're going to build up those places and they're going to get better They're going to get the skyscrapers and they're going to get great restaurants and talented Broadway actors where they could do their own play. 
they could rent out their own facility at a cheap cost. You know, I never count New York out. It has a history of making it through dark times. Let's see what happens. Follow us on social media, UESNYS. Check out the website, UESNYS.com. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you for listening.